Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode is a celebration of Black fatherhood. We're highlighting and amplifying the voices of Black fathers in our community through our My Black Fatherhood campaign. We are thrilled to be able to bring the series back with five fathers from our local Columbus, Ohio community, sharing with us a little bit of who they are, what fatherhood means to them, and the joy in their journey. A special layer to this year was giving these fathers their flowers of celebration in partnership with the Black Men Flower Project and the Bloom Boutique 614. These voices and their lives are a gift, and we are truly grateful and honored to share them with you all. Yes, my name is Arshad El Sabor. I have three wonderful children and a wonderful wife, companion, uh, Chanel Redmond, and uh, we are a wonderful, happy family. Oh, fatherhood means accountability. It means fun, <laughs> happiness, uh, responsibility. Uh, just, I would, the word I would honestly use is just wonderful. I mean, being a father is great. I think that my father was more of a disciplinarian. And me, I'm not really like that. I do, I do believe in discipline and structure, but I'm more on, I guess, like a free-flowing type of experience as relates to education and growth. I think we all grow in different levels and different stages. I'm not the guy that's going to be on the, my children's back all the time, but I do want them to focus on their education. I do want them to focus on different things, such as civility and different things like that. But in the same sense, I need for them to also be able to take their time and grow as individuals. I don't think my father was more on me moving forward and accelerating in a fast pace. And I feel like I lost some things in my childhood. I want my children to enjoy their childhood and completely just take it in and enjoy it. The lesson I've given them time after time is just always respect yourself, spirituality, and respect your community. I think a lot of times is. In our community, a lot of people don't show that respect that they should have, not only for the community, but for homes, property. You know, I, I, I get so upset when I see people litter in our community, different things like that. It's important for us to maintain not only our community, but the property values because black wealth is important. And it's something that's to be generational. It shouldn't just be something where, you know, you make money and then that money disappears after you pass away. It should go to your children. So that's why I try to teach them that as a people, we need to move forward and work together, but also build yourself up, build your community up, and let's move forward. Be, I was, I'm a teacher. Okay. So just dealing with other people's children, too, being a, a community leader, uh, assisting a child and just growing the pa- their pathway. Uh, I teach high school, so I've had children who were not going to graduate. I had one child in particular, he was 13 classes from graduating in March, and I helped him graduate. And now he's a gainful, gainfully employed and a good citizen, and he's moving forward in his life. I still talk to him. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just about building people up. Absolutely. And that's being a father, building your children up. Being an example, stepping up, being accountable, um, having energy for for your children. I mean, but the most important thing is accountability. I think a lot of times black men, we get a bad rap. A lot of times we're stereotyped and there's a lot of good fathers. There's a lot of good brothers out here, a lot of good black men. The sad fact is the ones that aren't good take away from the, they focus more on the ones that aren't good instead of focusing on the, the brothers that are good. So, you know, just we keep out here every day. 160 well 365 days out of the year sorry about that you keep moving forward and you just keep being accountable you keep being respectable just be a leader 
Let's keep moving forward. Name is Raymond Jackson. I am 50 years old, married to the lovely Danielle Jackson. We've been married for 12 years now. We have three beautiful children. I personally come from a family of six. I have five sisters. My mom and dad are still alive. And fatherhood means to me, um, it's probably the most rewarding thing that's ever happened to me. So this is makes makes my life more impactful. It makes me um, smile. It makes me happy. It makes me uh, satisfied. Just makes life more fulfilling to me. Um, coming from a, a family of six and me being only boy, it was a lot of female dominated attention. Um, my mom put a lot of effort into, you know, doing hair and stuff like that. So I think that I, I kind of, I try to, and I'm sure my kids might correct me on that, but I try to divvy out equal, equal love around all three of the children. Man, just seeing little people's feet <laughs> in the house <laughs> coming in when I see their shoes, just stuff like that, just going by their room, seeing them, just hearing their voices, just watching them interact with their mom, just all that stuff is delightful to me. It's an impact sport and it's fun. It's rewarding. It's delightful. And uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. My name is Ron Coleman. I'm a father of four. I'm married to a beautiful wife named Gianni Higgins. Uh, we've been married going on five years now. Well, we're in our fifth year now, so it was just really growing and Seems like life's just going rapid at a rapid speed or a rapid pace. <laughs> For me, it was my becoming, um, becoming of a true um, man. Um, it requi- requires a lot of responsibility, raising kids and having kids. And a lot of times we don't really have a playbook or a rule guide to guide us and let us know, hey, this is the way you handle this or the way you should handle or the way you should address these type of situations. So I think fatherhood means just ultimately stepping out of yourself and taking on the responsibility of someone else's life. Um, Ultimately, there was a lot of things that I learned later later in my life as I grew up and had children of my own that my parents were just getting by. And a lot of times in the African American in the African American community, we are suffering from survival. Mm. We don't have the ability to live and be comfortable and take day to day. Every a lot of situations we come in into is they didn't have the necessary requirements in their childhood to develop the right type of mindset to raise children so they were just going off of what they learned from their parents mm-hmm. and what they learned from their parents and then we all know that just creates generational curses and not not to say that it's wrong and not to say it's right but I think those create a lot of issues for kids just growing up because coming into survival mode you do whatever it takes to survive you don't, you don't have the comfortability to live and to grow into being a child when I was younger I was about seven years old when I started to have to survive mm-hmm. life and 
at at that age, it's ridiculous for a kid to have to survive right. at seven. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> and that's just one thing. When I was going through, I just said that my kids will never have to experience survival at that 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 young of an age, and that's just something I'm just continuously working on daily. And it's it's been a journey, and it's a process to know, really just the growth I see within myself. Um, he said I started when I was 19, um, not really knowing. My daughter um, came at a, a real critical time in my life mm-hmm. because I had just lost my mother, and she had passed away that year, maybe. I think my mom passed away in April. My daughter was born in October of that same year. And that was just the biggest challenge for me is because – I had left Ohio and I moved to Buffalo, New York because just I was surviving and there was just too many things I was dealing with at that time and my older sister really stepped in and said, hey, you are too young to be experiencing what, you, what you're experiencing. I need you to come up here, focus on being a kid, relaxed. And that was just something that really lifted a lot of burden off of me. And when I got out there, I really didn't know what would happen. I just really were working and just trying to figure things out. And then I got a call one day. My mother had passed away, and that was just, like, devastating because, like, my plan was to come back and be with my mother and be able to live life with my mother. And that opportunity was taken from me, and I really just was in a deep depression because yeah. now I'm away from family. Um, I'm away from my mother. I couldn't really comfort, literally had the comfort of just learning how to grieve. I don't even think I really grieved when, like, that happened because it was just so much going on, and I just processed everything and just took it. And then it just went into the process of the funeral, how to try to get everything taken care of. Then we end up cremating her, cremating her. Receiving a lot of ashes, receiving her ashes and stuff like that. And then the day after my mom's funeral, I had to rush back to Buffalo because that's when we were finding out the gender of my child. Mm -hmm. And no lie, when I got... So the story about that is um, I was leaving out the day after my mom's funeral. I got to the Greyhound station and I forgot my ticket for the bus at my dad's house so we had to go back get the ticket go back to the Greyhound I ended up missing that bus that I was originally supposed to be on the lady told me I could get another bus but the chances is I may be cutting it short to make the connecting bus to Buffalo to be there on time but my mindset was well if I take the bus now at least I'll be in Cleveland and ultimately I can connect to the bus whenever the next one comes and I got on the bus. We got to Cleveland. As we were pulling into the Greyhound station, the bus left. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, okay, so now I have to talk to the next lady about how do I get my next bus and when's the next bus coming. I got there at 12. The next bus wasn't leaving out till 5 o'clock. God, there's no way I'm going to make it to this this appointment. And so I waited in the Greyhound for about the next five hours sitting there waiting for the next bus um, bus came I ended up getting on the bus finally got in the Buffalo around 8 o'clock the appointment was at 9 uh, my daughter's mother had her uncle pick me up from the Greyhound 
and then we got to the hospital and I got there just in time to see the ultrasound and the first image they shown was my daughter's hand and her thumb was a, it's like the best like feeling I could receive because I, I felt like spiritually that was my mother telling me everything would be okay and that was just like wow so just like going through that process and seeing her grow up to be who she's been and who she's becoming was one of my greatest joys and then I, um, I'm here today by the grace of God and my faith is a testament to say you can get through whatever you get want to get through or whatever you're going through if you just have faith that tomorrow will, will be better. Say I love you daddy. I love you daddy. Say my name's Riot. What's your name? Wyatt. <laughs> How's it going, world? Uh, my name's Chris Williams, uh, son of Sharice and Stephen Williams, as well as uh, my father who uh, had an opportunity to raise me, uh, Quan Cheatham. Uh, that is my lineage. I am a youth and development uh, co- uh, director. Um, man, I do a lot of things. I have a beautiful family. Uh my partner, uh, my rock, Raquel uh, Williams, Ooh. and uh, my kid, Riot. Uh, she's two, just turned two, June 3rd. Uh, we're kind of transient folks. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Fairfield, California, uh, and then I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio when I was 11. And then uh, my wife is from uh, Sandusky, Ohio, and I met her. Uh, after I had graduated, maybe a year or two after I graduated from Cincinnati, Ohio, playing college football. And, uh, yeah, our paths crossed. And then uh, she went to dive a little bit deeper into her post-secondary endeavors, and uh, we moved to Columbus. She got her master's at Ohio State. Uh, shout out to <laughs> you doing that because school is not my thing. But, uh, yeah, we're now we're here in Columbus living in uh, Old Town East, uh, trying to make things shake. And, yeah, that's kind of like my family. I don't know. Fatherhood for me is uh, it's blended as you, you know, as I stated earlier, uh, I named two men in my life Uh, when I was born August 10th, same day as my biological father. uh, Three months later, he was tragically hit in a train accident and he died. Um, He was an Air Force man. Uh, He's from Dayton, Ohio. And then um, my mom's from Long Beach, California. So, uh, Fast forward, my, maybe a year later, my mom meets my dad, Quan, who had an opportunity to raise me, um, and he was an Air Force man in Fairfield, California, and he's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Wow. And yeah, and uh, and uh, quick little pivot, one of my my, bio- my biological fa- father's uh, aunt taught my stepdad in grade school, wow. and my stepdad and my biological father played basketball against each other on the Air Force base because... My uh, biological father, Steve, was a, a nurse, and my stepdad was a police officer for the Air Force, and they used to hoop against each other. So they crossed paths, yeah. maybe talk smack against each other. So, like, this is this is where I come from. So when I think about fatherhood, it's kind of loaded and blended for me. But um, uh, now being a father, I got a unique perspective and just um, kind of like this trauma that kind of, like, ignites me to want to like be the best uh version of whatever fatherhood could look like for me i try not to really define it more or less than 
leaning into just like the love that I, I, I almost kind of like try to vicariously live through my father that passed as it and try to live the life he didn't get an opportunity to have. You. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then just my, my stepdad, he, he's just solid, man. For someone at 24 years old to, you know, take on the, the challenge of, you know, a woman who had just kind of just got out of high school, mm-hmm. right. Comes from a blended family and then has her, her future lover. They were getting married in December too. So he died in November they were getting married in December and then like for someone else to come in and take on that challenge and like raise like a solid dude, like my dad Quan is legit. Yeah. So fatherhood, man, like it's, 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 I, yeah, there's layers. yeah, it's layers to it. Um, but yeah. And I just tried to give all of that to riot and, uh, Raquel. Um, so yeah. Like I, and mind you, I'm from Fairfield, California. I went to private school, right. Um, until I moved to Ohio and then I got into the public system. But like, I, I, I don't want to say I come from privilege, but I, I come from access because all those, the people I grew up with until I was 11 were, weren't predominantly black or brown. Mm-hmm. So they had access that I didn't have. So when I moved to Ohio, I was kind of used to like having and then not having. And then when I got to college, being the decorated athlete I was, I had a lot of access. And, it's, and I think those transferable moments allowed me to like – not only have experienced what access looks and feels like, um, but being able to discern like some of the the mishaps with having access. But like the main thing when I first became a father it was like, yo, I I get an opportunity to to give her not give her but expose her to uh, things that my my family couldn't didn't have access to because it was just different times. Uh, my mom, my mom, I'm a '90s baby, so you know my mom started having kids in the '90s. She didn't have the access like she did, and she's biracial, so like she has a whole another layer of navigating the world. And I'm sure she wanted to give me a bunch of things uh, or allow me to be connected to experiences. But she, whether she couldn't afford it or didn't know the right people, me, I'm a mover and shaker. I know a lot of dope people, right? <laughs> like I think I'm dope myself, so. Just the fact that I'm able to to navigate the world right in 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 my uh, my authentic personhood, like Riot gets access to that, and it's I don't it's not like I have to try. It's just I'm I'm fortunate enough to like be somebody that's just around something, and she gets to experience that by being a piece of me. I am I am the daddy that likes to have fun. <laughs> we like to laugh and play. Um, you just never, you know how many days you have. And that's, that, that's the wound that, like I said, just inspires me. And, um, yeah, fun. I just want to be that dad that is able to have fun. And I know a lot of dads get that stamp, like, oh, the dads just have fun. But, like, I'm also very emotionally connected to my daughter because I just know how, but it takes a level of intentionality for that. So uh, as fun as I want to be, I, I'm very intentional about how I, uh, navigate the world with her because she's learning she's watching me she's um you know I'm her first ex- me and her mother her first experience of uh mother and fatherhood and what that looks like so I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I'm not slipping right. so so I, I feel like a lot of people throw around the word love mm-hmm. right oh I want you know my kids to love people and treat people the right way even when the 
this the the really way you should be treating people is how they want to be treated. But I think one thing that I think is unmatched, untouched, people don't haven't even scratched the surface of it is kindness mm-hmm. and like a willingness to be kind. And maybe people call it sympathy. Is it sympathy or empathy? empathy. Being empathetic yeah. or yeah. So just if she can grab, I'm, I'm trying, I myself trying to grasp that understanding and actually live live it like it's a part of my dna because uh being being a being in a contact sport like football at the level that i was uh i that skill was something i didn't develop that i wasn't able to develop that skill because it's like i'm going up against the enemy so if i knock you down man you i ain't got no love for you i don't i don't care how you feel and that created some barriers in my life as a in my in my when i stopped playing because i had this mindset and um, I think that's the one thing I want her to be able to pass down to our generations is like just empathy and being able to feel the world and the and the impact that not only they have in the world but how other people's decisions impact and because oftentimes we think so much we're so we're self centered and at times it's the greatest thing on earth when I'm able to just indulge in myself and not have to worry about anybody else. But what's allowed me to grow and really be willing to like evolving and not have an idea of who I need to be, but being okay with whatever I become, but knowing that I've cultivated and I've cultivated a life that whatever I become of, it's because I've cultivated like a, a, a what do they call those things? Not aquariums. They're like the smaller aquariums, um, but they're for plants. Yes. Uh, but something like that. But yeah, so I just want her to be able to share that with the world because I may suck at teaching her math, and but it's like I want her to be able to take that one life lesson because I think that's just it. Everything else, if 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 she, I think what did people say like the lens? If she's able to just have a consistent, empathetic lens for the world, man, I think no matter. I think my lineage would uh, survive uh, at least what's real, yeah. right? At least what the things that actually matter in life, you know? So fatherhood is is simply being present. Be there, be present, make time. Because we, ch- man, there's so many things. And if when people really get to un- unlock personhood, you realize, like, you, you, you get a say in how you navigate your life. Oftentimes we deflect. But, like, when you really know... You know, you you choosing other things over than than what you really, what you feel like you need to be choosing. So, I think just being present, man. Don't, yeah, and that's being present in all things. Yeah, so be present, be there, just be. I think that's what these fathers, that's what parents, mm-hmm. whether father, mother, um, just be there, be there for the the person that didn't ask to be in this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right like Vitor yes, yes. that's on wax thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com <laughs>